Horror movies are more than just empty thrills. They are a mirror that reflects the darker sides of our culture and our psyche. Each episode, we will go beyond the first cut and discuss the themes and topics that hide below the surface. I'm Dave, Professor of Communication. And I'm Vince, Professor of Psychology. Welcome to A Dark Impression. Hi, Dave. Um, hey, Vince. How are you? <laughs> I'm all right. How are you? Good. It's October. It's the middle of October. Yeah. And I'm really excited for, for Halloween. You just did a screening of The Exorcist for some students. Yes. I'm screening Night of the Living Dead in like two weeks. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good time. Yeah, again. it's been three months since we last published something. So I guess this can count as the beginning of season three even though we only had four regular episodes in season two. Can we... Uh, well, maybe we pick it up a little bit for yeah. season three. Yeah, it's been busy. Uh, so have you seen anything good lately? Um, I watched the first... Uh, well, I watched the whole trilogy. The whole trilogy is not even, so it's not like it's all good. But the first Hell House LLC, I thought was... Very entertaining. As far as found footage movies go, this was one of the better ones. It had come highly praised to me by one of my students, so I decided to give it a shot. And yeah, it was surprisingly good. That, and uh, I, I watched the first episode of The Fall of House of Usher yesterday, and it's promising. I mean, I can't say yet if the whole thing is good, but yeah, I feel it's promising. How about you? Anything good? Well, Mike Flanagan is a uh, a dark impression uh, favorite yes. among us. So I don't think I've seen anything by him that I've disliked. There's definitely been things I've liked more than others. But nothing I've, I've I've outright. You disliked. know what? I gave Bly Manor a rewatch this fall, and second watch much better than the first one. I think there were so many plot lines that it felt a little dense the first time you watch it. So you kind of get lost in the plot lines. Once you've already seen it once, everything makes more sense. Uh, and there, like the, the, the direction, the characters, uh, the plot, like everything is so much better. So, yeah, if you haven't given Bly Manor a second good thorough rewatch, I would. I'll have to yeah check it out again. I liked it. Didn't get great reviews, but I liked Midnight Club by him. I thought that that was that was a lot of fun. It was sort of based on the the Christopher Pike novels in some right. way or another. I thought it was decent. It was it was fun. It was definitely more young mm -hmm. adult, but but it was still a relatively enjoyable show to watch. But I am happy that Fall of the House of Usher is kind of returning back to the haunting yep. a little bit. I'm excited to keep watching. And I love when directors or uh, producers or whatnot have their favorite actors because you can see everyone that was mm -hmm. in was like, ah, that's the guy that used to play ah, that's the, yeah. He's got his favorites. Yeah, he does He does like that. He has his, his crew that shows yep. up. So, in thinking about season three, I thought we could dive into the heart of the topic. And my thought was, so we've been doing this for two years-ish. And so I thought it was a good time to kind of process, reflect on 
what we've done and how doing this has kind of changed the way that we see scary movies. So, yeah, I, I, I thought I would throw that first question to you. I guess that's what we're going to do today. Instead of reviewing movies, we're just going to blabber about our podcast in general and then give a preview of what's coming up this season. Uh, but yeah, let me throw you this question that you have not seen before because I didn't text you that earlier today. Has doing a podcast changed the way that you watch scary movies now? Has it changed? Has it made it better? Has it made it worse? Has it changed how you do it? I don't think better or worse so much as I just become more aware of the movies that I'm watching and I watch them less when I need to like zone out. So I, I really like unwinding with a movie or show at the end of the day and I find less and less am I turning to uh, horror films because I think about them too much and I don't actually relax and unwind watching them. So, so like some things that I'm really looking forward to, I will, I'll, I'll use that and then I'll rewatch it if we're going to talk about it or to think about it some more. But, but for the most part, I'm, I'm not going like, oh yeah, you know what? I missed that one when it came out. I'm going to watch it now uh, because I'll, like, I find that I want to take notes and I want to think about it a lot, a lot more, which reminds me a lot of like my film school days where we would have to watch movies all the time. And so I stopped watching them. And all I would watch was like cops uh, on TV because I wouldn't have to think about cops anymore. Uh, like I wouldn't be like analyzing it and breaking it down. So, so that's kind of where I'm at. I think it's, it, it's not a bad thing. It makes me think a little bit more. It makes me more, more aware of the content that I'm consuming. Uh, but there, there definitely is a uh, sort of break, I suppose, between like what I used to watch them for, which was, uh, you know, thinking about them a bit, but relaxing a lot and using them as a way to pass time. And now it becomes much more active. How about you? It's funny you mentioned the, the relaxing part because talking to the colleagues and, and students at all, really, some of them are saying, yeah, if I, I can't watch horror movies. Otherwise, I'm going to have nightmares and I won't be able to sleep a wink. And there you have the Dave coming in and say, yeah, I watch like scary stuff to fall asleep. <laughs> So it's an interesting disposition that we have. But it's funny that, that you mentioned that. I was thinking about that earlier. And yes, it's making me watch movies more mindfully. Uh, you were referring a few moments ago uh, to the, the screening of the movie The Exorcist. We were doing that for students. So as I was watching the movie, I had a notebook open and I was taking notes, which I think helped me stay in the movie. Uh, even though it's like momentarily, I'll. I'll jump out just to take a note or just to jot down a thought. I think overall the experience of watching movies for a purpose makes me more mindful when I'm watching them. And I think it's kind of paradoxical because doing that makes me more focused on the movie, which makes me feel, I guess, more immersed in the movie. Uh, but at the same time, I'm not as immersed because I am thinking on a secondary level of what are the, the the what's the theme that i'm seeing here what are some topics that we could be discussing what what is this specific sequence inspiring in me or i'm going to i'm going to find myself analyzing like the the the, the shots or some of the topics or the dialogues so it's it's weird in that it makes me more immersed in the experience at the same time making me 
less immersed because I am more mindful of those meta aspects of the movie. But overall, I think that this has been this has been an, an interesting experience. It hasn't made the movies, I think, more enjoyable from my perspective. Whether it's a first watch, so like when you 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 texted me, you have to watch Barbarian. Don't read anything about it. Just go in completely blind. And we're gonna have to record something about that. I went in and I think I was more focused on the movie than I would otherwise have been before. Uh, because there was a purpose to it. So I put my phone away. I, I, I was far less distracted watching it at home uh, than I would otherwise have been. So I think even for like first watches, it makes me more, it makes me appreciate the movie a little bit more because I'm looking for those elements. And especially for, for rewatches, once you've seen the movie once, going in with an agenda, trying to pick at some more specific elements really allows you to favor a, a second or third or fourth layer of the scary movie cake, so to speak. Yeah, I, I like it watching it, watching a movie for like a, a purpose again. And like when you when when you get that moment and it's at least for me, I find I, I see something that I want to talk about or I, I, I realize something. And I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about this. We're going to talk about that. And then all of these things from the movie kind of pop in and be like, that forces that, that reinforces it. Oh, my gosh, this is a theme throughout the whole movie that I completely, especially ones like when we rewatched The Thing, like it had been a while and I'd seen it so many times, but in watching it again with like a particular purpose, I, I found stuff that I hadn't seen before. I didn't realize we're, we're connected. And it's, a, it's kind of a neat little moment, I think. It's fun. Like kind of the like the magic eye books when the picture suddenly snaps yes. into focus and then you can't see anything else but that yes. picture and you don't realize how you didn't see it yeah. before. Uh, kind of like and it kind of leads me to the the second thing that I absolutely did not text you earlier today, which is the fact that I think for for a certain percentage of the audience. Scare movies are about just that surface level of it's there to to scare you, to evoke some type of fear. I think that I was looking at all of our episodes that we've recorded so far, and it's interesting about how many of them are not about fear, how many of them are about something else or a, a different dimension of fear. I am particularly uh, thinking of the episode on hauntings how ghost stories are scary yes but they're about grief they're about loss they're about our place in the cosmos which kind of ties into the horror in space a theme that we had uh, and then you have all those social psychology topics that come out of the zombie movies or uh, the vampire movies and the great analysis we had of the other in the character of the vampire. So I'm, I'm thinking the, I'm thinking how interesting it is to have a style that is so easily criticized and yet has the capacity for such depth of content. And I was wondering what, what were your thoughts on how horror movies have evolved in terms of their capacity to discuss important topics and not be 
this uh, the only level of movie this superficial easy cheap thrill but actually have substance uh and i don't know what are your your thoughts or anything that surprised you in reanalyzing those movies with regards to their their capacity for depth yeah well i th- i think that there's since the early days of horror so we're thinking like the 19 teens uh, there there's always been more depth to them than is necessarily on the surface right so you get and and, and I, the same can be said for any piece of art you know you, you go into a museum and look at a painting and it shouldn't just be oh that's a painting there should be more to it if you think about it a little bit more you like you learn something about the artist or the world or yourself or all of the above and i think that horror film it can be it, it can be the same way it can also just be pop culture scare people earn a couple bucks but that I, I think I guess that has value in and of itself too. So to think about it as you're 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 making something as a filmmaker that is not just about scaring people, but it's about allowing them to realize who they are and why they're afraid of this thing. And as you were going through and listing different types of horror, I think that that's part of it is that it's very hard to make something that is just scary without touching on all the things that make it scary. And the things that make it scary are going to be different from me to you to anybody else who's watching it because we all have different fears and concerns. Uh, There are definitely some that society resonates with, but there's certainly some that are more more apparent in individuals uh, than others. So, you know, for for me, I do not like heights. And so a a thriller movie, there, there was one that came out maybe over the summer about these women trapped at the top of a cell phone tower, uh, which is, I think, for for you, somebody who's not afraid of heights, I don't think, uh, you would be like, m- maybe there would be thrill in it, like, ooh, maybe they'll fall. For me, there's kind of that, like, existential dread of if I were trapped up there, what would I do? Uh, and so so you kind of respond on different levels, and I think that that's what makes makes horror movies so so engaging is that you can you you can watch something and be like yeah it was fine like i didn't really didn't resonate with me and i could watch it and it could be the scariest film i've ever seen and then vice versa uh, and it doesn't mean that one's less effective or anything it just means that it's 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 done in a different way um and so i, I think that there's a lot there's a lot that can be said to that and there's a lot of films that can very much tailor the experience to the viewer and as well as to larger social uh, constructs and and whatnot. What what about you? What do you th- you think horror movies get a bad I, rap? I think that they do. A big part of it, as I, I was looking earlier, like how many horror movies have actually won Oscars? And I think aside from like Science of the Lambs, um, yeah, that might be it. Every season, every movie season, you can see what has been done as Oscar bait. Like I, I, I see a movie, there's personal drama, there's a story of sadness and resilience, and eventually people come out on top. And that's going to be your, your Oscar bait. It looks like, or it sounds like, these emotions are, quote-unquote, harder to properly address or properly evoke, which makes it more challenging, which is why... Dramas tends to have tend to have uh, more Oscar worthiness, but I think that it's there's still 
there's still so much more that scary movies can reveal about ourselves, about how we see others, how about we see ourselves. I think it's a genre that's been, because there are uh, quite a few movies that are made uh, with very surface level concerns and then have a startle and then release tension and then do it again and again and again until the end of the movie. There are some movies that do that, but there's also some real quality offering that tends to be lumped in with the easier ones because fear is fear. Fear is easy to evoke. Well, sure, but movies like The Exorcist that 50 years after it came out is still terrifying some people that's that says something uh, movies like uh, poltergeist or or even some modern classics the ring those movies are still powerful in evoking this this reaction of fear and i mean maybe maybe i'm biased maybe i'm a, a big fan of evoking fear and studying fear well that is my or one of my areas of work in, in psychology, but I don't know. I, I think that even if it is easier to evoke fear, I think there's a bigger challenge in doing it well and doing it in a way that will age well. Um, and I think there are some true gems in the, the, the genre of scary movies that have more depth and that reveal something important, um, but I don't think they're getting the credits they, they deserve. So Here's to bringing those movies out of the shadows and having people acknowledge they're really well, well made, good movie. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. So with with that in mind, what do you think's next for the horror movie genre? Do you think that you know in ten years are we still seeing remakes of remakes? Uh, do we have more original content coming in? Uh, is it a mix, kind of like I, I think what we're seeing now? We have these like really great gems in there, but we do have a lot of kind of maybe one step above trash that gets filtered through, you know, very clearly just being made to make some money. Um, what, what do you think? What What's next? I think we're going to end with like Saw 25. So that's one hot take, bold prediction. You heard it here first. There's going to be another 15 Saw movies. I don't know. I think that with in the past like 10 years you've had more serious filmmakers want to push the genre outside of its convention midsommar came out barbarian came out like those are movies where they're scary they're disturbing but there's a way in how things have been are being told that just changes the narrative style i i assume that Scary movies will keep on doing what they've been doing so far, which is to reflect what current fears we're dealing with. I don't know what kind of things are going to terrify us in uh, the near future. Hmm. I, I don't know if, for example, the, the COVID pandemic is not going to create a few offspring of movies. I don't know. I think that with new voice uh, like Jordan Peele, we're going to get a new perspective on what can be scary, uh, which may not have been part of the dominant voice in scary movies before. And I think that's very much welcome to get things from different perspectives will be absolutely amazing for 
They're trying the same way that in academia we are, um, we we have been for a while, and we're still continuing to try and expand the the multiplicity of voices and perspectives because in that you get a better grasp of whatever concept you're you're studying. So I think that I I, I hope that the genre has that in it that they're going to bring. Uh, a diversity of voice and perspective, uh, but still keep with the um, the desire to reveal our dreams and aspirations through the things that we fear most and what goes bump in the night. How about you? What do you think uh, coming up for the, the genre? Technically speaking, in terms of uh, movie making techniques and approaches, do you see certain trends? I mean, there was for a while, like the found footage for a while was the thing to do, I guess, because everyone thought that it was an interesting exercise in how do you counterbalance this kind of shaky camera with with more traditional uh, movie making or how do you suggest without completely revealing? What do you think is the next big challenge? Well, I'll get to that. To your point, I, I do think it, it it will be great. And I think that we're we're getting into the point where we do see a fewer white male horror filmmakers, uh, which is nice for um, uh, just different different stories to be told. Especially, like, I, I found that I have a particular affinity to Korean horror. I just really like that. And it's, it, like, it's not so far removed that I don't get what makes it scary, but it's nice because I get sort of a, a nice, like, I guess, rich cultural experience out of it, too. Like, oh, it, this is scary for this particular culture, why is it scary for this particular culture when like it, this would not be something that's scary for, you know, me, a uh, white male that lives in new England. So I, I to, to your point, uh, to your question, I think that we're going to see more lower budget films because uh, we're going to continue to see that that's, that's been here, but I think that the production value is going to be going up as costs for technology go down more people have access to equipment more people can make films uh, than ever could before um, even if it's just shooting on their phones or something like that i think we're going to see more more of a focus on that so with that innovative storytelling how can you tell a story that's really scary but you don't have any money to tell that story and this that's kind of where found footage was coming out of i think that we're we have enough technology now that we can make films that aren't found footage, but are still low budget. Uh, so that's that's a good thing. I think we have a new uh, kind of the uh, the upcoming class of filmmakers will be really interesting to see because they grew up on social media. So I think we're going to see this push towards shorter form content and more um, maybe. Um, more or quicker scenes, quicker moments within the film. So uh, less of the the exorcist and the classic horror films that tend to take a lot a long time to get up to speed, and more of uh, these really quick scares. And, uh, and you know, I don't know if I like that per se. Uh, I kind of really appreciate the long drawn out horror, but at the same time, you need to adjust to your audience, right? And if your audience wants something that's more quick, that's more can be shared in bytes on social media, then I, I say go for it and let everybody else adapt to it. And 
then I, I guess the other the other thing that I'm really hopeful for is more more localized horror. So at least being from New England, more Robert Eggers type thing. That, like you're focusing on films that are happening that could be happening outside your door, and I, I would love to see more of that because it just makes it more realistic. If I were watching a say snowing outside, I'm watching a horror film that takes place in New England and it's snowing outside. Like that would uh, definitely creep me out more than if I were watching something different. Um, and I, you know, I think that with, with the lower budget of filmmaking, we have that opportunity that we can, we can start to have, if not hyper-local, regional, regional filmmakers uh, that really focus on, on living in, uh, in a particular area. And y- you've always had that with the big cities like New York and LA, but I, I think we have the opportunity to have it for, for even smaller subsections. Of, uh, of the country and of the world. Do you mean to say that the U.S. is not just New York and Los Angeles? There's a couple, there's a few states in between the wow. two, but, but by and large, yeah, I know it's it's something, right? We, we all learned something <laughs> today. And, and you know, I guess the other thing too is I'm, I get excited talking to my students about how excited they are for new mm-hmm. films and new horror films more than, uh, I, I you know, I think... I've been teaching for, oh, I don't know, going on 15 years now. And I think more so than in any of the past years do these students get genuinely excited mm-hmm. about the films that are coming out. They want to go to a theater to see them. Uh, I There's a group of students that we share that mm-hmm. I won't name, but uh, you yep. know who they are. And they they play the our podcast in the start <laughs> of class. And they'll randomly turn it on. Also, I'll just hear myself start talking. And I'm like, hey. Shout out um, to those they, those nameless students. Yes, yeah, yeah. We'll see if they listen to this. But you know, I think that they're like those types of students get me really excited because they care about it and they want to talk about it and they go see even if it's something like Cocaine Bear, which was you know it was a fun movie, but they went and saw they organized a group to go see Cocaine Bear together and they came back and they wanted to talk about it and I'm like that's great like let's talk about Cocaine Bear I haven't seen it yet but I'll listen to you. And I have since seen it and made sure I let them know when I did see it. So, yeah, it's a, I think we're at, a, we're at a good time. Coming out of COVID, I think a lot of folks want to go back to theaters. They they want to experience that, and they realize that they're missing out on that collective yeah. uh, entertainment value of... Going back to something that you said about new directors, that is true. One thing that popped in my head when you said that is that there are now some um, Oscar-worthy uh, very serious directors that are branching into uh, styles that are adjacent to uh, the horror movie. So I'm, I'm thinking about um, Denis Villeneuve, who's doing Dune. So he's going into the sci-fi, which is also a, a style that has the potential for very easy laser gun battle, no substance kind of movies. But in the sci-fi realm, you do find some works of significant depth. So with this, are we seeing some of the, the the younger but well-established big Hollywood names thinking I'm going to you know try my hand at this thing called horror movies and and see if I can actually bring some some discussion or explore some some deeper topics through the medium of the scary tales? And you were right; it's we can we can 
I guess, easily or more easily discover the other by understanding, what, I guess, what they fear. Um, that's why we love folklore and folk tales. Folk tales are all about what's scared other people, and you get to discover the way that they live. They think they they uh, feel things through their folk tales. That's why haunted tours are so popular because you get to learn a little bit about the history, the culture, and everything. Um, that's why mythologies are so popular because they tell us about the people who created those stories. So I think the the horrors are more more so than other styles i think has the potential to bridge gaps between between people by shared understanding of what can be scary i was gonna say something else but now i don't want to because i think that's a really good way to end <laughs> um All right. very deep and philosophical much better than what but i was going to talk about so you uh, set me up for that all right cool well i will talk to you yeah. soon and loyal listeners we will I'm sure have a new episode for you coming up within the stay month. Stay tuned. So, yeah, stay tuned. Thanks for taking the time to listen to A Dark Impression. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. Rating and reviews make the world a scarier place. Consider leaving one wherever you get your podcasts. A Dark Impression was produced and edited by Vincent Dave. All movies are copyright their respective sources. Music is from Adobe Stock. All rights reserved.